What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for March the 22nd of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope that this one does find you well and for those that are brand new to the podcast, this is a daily gaming news show where I bring you the hottest gaming news from around the industry and let you guys know what is going on in one tight, neat little package for you to enjoy. And today we have quite a slew of news for you. That was a rhyme. I can do them anytime. Ho, ho. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about the discless Xbox One S, which is something we've talked about on the show before, but now we have a reported launch date, which is coming incredibly soon in the grand scheme of things. And they very well could shake up where the consoles are as of right now. Now, on top of that, we have some statistics about the Epic Game Store and its users because 40% say that they do not have Steam. That's pretty massive, and there's a reason behind that, in my opinion. There is a Steam library redesign coming, and of course, more new features coming to Steam. Uh, of course, over the summer, not immediately, but stuff that still needs to be talked about. Take-Two is suing over GTA 5 mods yet again, but again, for a good reason. They have plenty of ground to stand on here. GameStop's new CEO is looking to lead a major overhaul in the company. We'll talk more about that. Devil May Cry 5 sales are in, and they are massive. Battlefield 5 is getting its Firestorm mode in just a couple of days, but there's a brand new trailer showcasing tons of features, tons of various aspects of that gameplay. A streamer has beat the entire Soul series and Bloodborne without taking a single hit. That deserves some mention, and there is a free game for you if you make it all the way to the end of the show. I'm not giving it away, but somebody else is, so we'll talk more about that. Uh, but that's pretty much the show for the day. I do hope you enjoy it. And again, it is hosted live five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time over on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the news of the day. Microsoft's discless Xbox One S is reportedly launching on May the 7th. It's the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Of course, we've talked about that before. Microsoft's diskless Xbox One S console will reportedly launch on May the 7th. Windows Central has obtained documents that indicate that this is the launch date alongside leaked box art images that the site has recreated. Microsoft is said to be calling the console the Xbox One S All Digital Edition, signaling a new model without the typical Blu-ray drive. It's not clear how much cheaper this model will be, but the removal of a Blu-ray drive will definitely drive down the price. Microsoft has not yet publicly acknowledged the company is even creating a discless version of the Xbox One S, but rumors previously pointed towards a mid-April announce and a May retail date, so it all pretty much lines up with what we know so far. Microsoft is also reportedly including a 1TB HDD on this new model, alongside digital versions of Forza Horizon 3, Sea of Thieves, and Minecraft in the box. Microsoft is also rumored to be creating an option to ship the discless console with games pre-installed, so new Xbox owners can pick the games they want installed before the console arrives at their home. A move to a discless console makes sense for Microsoft. The company has been aggressively pushing its Xbox Game Pass, a subscription service that provides access to more than 100 Xbox games, and of course Xbox Game Studio titles like Sea of Thieves and Crackdown 3 launched first on the service, and Microsoft even recently added Minecraft to Xbox Game Pass. 
Of course, Microsoft is also working on an xCloud game streaming service that will stream games to PCs, consoles, and mobile devices, and Microsoft is using Xbox One S hardware in these servers, and a digital-only console would be another boost for such a service. Uh, I do believe this could be the actual release date of the console. Of course, it's not going to be something that shakes the industry to its core. You know, it's not the next generation console, so they can just simply announce it and launch it within a very small amount of time because it's not going to be making any kind of giant ripples. That being said, there is a spot in the industry for this specific piece of hardware right now because of where uh, we are going. As the mock-up does say, disc-free gaming is the future, uh, in my opinion. Of course, whenever you're thinking about the necessity and the value that a Blu-ray drive brings to any piece of hardware, many people think about number one, physical game collections, which I still have, and number two, playing movies and stuff along those lines, various other kinds of Blu-ray uh, capabilities that come because of that specific piece of hardware. Uh, and so whenever you take that out, it really does leave a lot of people baffled, but when you consider where the industry has shifted and where it continues to shift, it makes perfect sense because of stuff like Netflix, because of stuff like Hulu, uh, because of the fact that you can buy movies on various services that are compatible with the Xbox One. On top of that, uh, games in the digital space are becoming much more affordable uh, and much more reasonably priced. I suppose those are synonymous, but for those that don't understand what I'm saying, uh, back around the mid-2000s when digital was first becoming a way that people got games, uh, you began to see this kind of or began to see this kind of uh, inflation of sorts where a game might be eight dollars at GameStop and might be a full 60 on something like the PlayStation Store. That has since been remedied a good bit and games are much more reasonably priced and of course the Xbox Game Pass service is the best dealing gaming to date. Uh, it truly is an incredible offer whenever you're talking about subscription-based services and going forward as more and more cloud gaming is uh, you know brought into the industry I think this kind of hardware is what the next console generation might not necessarily adopt from the get-go but will adopt eventually so could we be seeing a precursor of the future we very well could and that of course is going to be launching reportedly on May the 7th according to Windows Central Again, nothing confirmed. This thing has not even been announced yet, but it seems like we all but know exactly what's going to be happening with this little piece of hardware. Uh, so we'll see. And of course, when it comes to price, I would probably pinpoint this one as being somewhere around the $200 mark. I think that if you charge $199 for this, it's going to sell like hotcakes because it doesn't matter what the other two numbers are at the end of the number. If it's a one at the beginning, that in people's minds, whenever you're talking about a gaming console, is affordable. That's what people think of as incredibly affordable. If it is $199, that is entry level, I just want a gaming console to play Minecraft or Fortnite level pricing. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff. Uh, now, with that being said, let's move on to talking about some PC gaming stuff because we have a slew of information about Epic Game Store and, of course, the rivalry with Steam. 40% of Epic Game Store users say they do not have Steam. Epic said at a uh, GDC conference that 85 million people now use its store. Epic Games said during a GDC presentation today that there are now 85 million registered users of the Epic Games Store on PC, and according to user surveys from August 2018 and January 2019, 40% of them report not having Steam. Although Valve has not recently reported on the total number of Steam accounts registered in January, the company reported 90 million active Steam users. According to the survey Epic performed, 68% of Epic Store users do not use Steam regularly, a figure that seems awfully high given Steam's decade-plus dominance of the platform. 
platform. But the multi-platform Fortnite is the X factor here. The slide also said that more Epic PC users regularly play on consoles than on Steam. So as you know, from that specific statement, this is all just a bit skewed. Because if you surveyed the vast majority of PC users, they may in fact say you would be surprised to find they don't like consoles. I know, it's a crazy thing, but it seems like something that's pretty widely adopted in the PC gaming community. So with that being said, there are also roughly 55,000 registered creators on the Epic Games Store and 41 million players supporting them across all games, including Fortnite and all platforms. Epic's presentation also reiterated what founder Tim Sweeney told us, they say a PC gamer, in an interview yesterday, that unlike the anything goes approach of Steam, Epic intends to curate what and who is on its store. We can't accommodate everyone yet, sorry. We are working around the clock to be able to support more games, a later slide stated. Epic Games Store will gradually open to more developers by the end of 2019, and we welcome quality games and intend to prevent porn and asset flips from ever hitting the store. Of course, Steam tends to take a bit of a different approach when it comes down to it. Uh, so, this is a very interesting t statistic, but I do believe that the 40% of Epic Games Store users saying that they don't have Steam is a direct reflection of the fact that the majority of people that even installed the Epic Games launcher to begin with were likely playing Fortnite. And so whenever you take a poll, whenever you take a, a measurement of the Epic community right now, a lot of them are still just playing Fortnite. A lot of them are still using that as the one app from the Epic Games launch or the Epic Games Store. With that being said, I think it's going to grow more and more, and it's something I've been saying since this store first was announced, that Fortnite is creating this entire ecosystem in which a brand new store can rise up, and the next generation of gamers is going to adopt the Epic Games Store as their Steam, because they grew up playing Fortnite, hypothetically, let's say Fortnite continues to dominate, and therefore they just kind of looked around what was near Fortnite and saw all of these big AAA games that are very notable, on the Epic Games Store, and so they just started playing there, and because of convenience, you know, Epic Games Store will rise to the top. Uh, now, with that being said, does Steam actually need to worry about anything right now? Personally, I think so. Whenever you have a better revenue split, more developers and publishers are going to be going over to the Epic Games Store. And so whenever you consider that, Steam definitely uh, is not the only way for people to get games on PC. That's something Tim Sweeney has acknowledged, and that's something that is uh, very much so known across the industry. So, you know, it's a weird time for PC gaming right now. Things are definitely beginning to shift. And I will say also that as somebody who uses Reddit pretty frequently, I, you know, frequent a lot of PC gaming subreddits, etc. And there are so many memes making fun of the Epic Games Store and saying that Steam is, you know, superior in every way, shape, or form. The only reason Steam is as big as it is today is because of the fact that there has not been genuine competition over the course of the past roughly 10 years. That's pretty much the only reason Steam is as huge as it is today. Yes, it is pretty much the go-to place to publish a game on PC if you're talking about making any kind of game, but now in 2019 and beyond, that's not necessarily the case, so you're going to be seeing some shifts. Now, with all that being said, interesting statistics and tons of interesting news coming out of GDC this week that I do want to reiterate. Uh, if you want to go back and check out previous episodes of Caffeinate throughout the week, it's been a fantastic week of shows with tons of news packed in from the Game Developers Conference. But without a doubt, weird shifting time for PC gaming and gaming in general. 
So if there is genuine competition with Steam here from Epic Games, it looks like a library redesign is in the works. Of course, this is something that's been known for roughly about a year at this point, but now we know when to expect it and also what it is going to be looking like. The Steam library redesign and events page to streamline the user experience is going to be launching sometime this summer. Valve is sprucing Steam up a bit for users by redesigning the library and adding an events page. During its GDC 2019 keynote today, Valve announced that it's redesigning a few aspects on Steam which are set to go into beta this summer. According to the company, users can expect a redesigned library view with a scalable thumbnail and better categorization, says PC Gamer. One of the biggest changes with the redesign is your Steam library homepage. Not only will it look more organized in library view, you will find an integrated friends list and an activity feed which shows recent actions your Steam friends have performed. If any of your friends are currently active in a game you both own, that will show as well. Other highlights include the addition of recent games played added to library view, including thumbnails of your game collection and the games list will also be a bit more noticeable. Achievements, screenshots, playtime, and other categories you use or you're used to seeing are going to be more visible as you can see below. And so, of course, for video viewers of the YouTube channel and or the Twitch stream, uh, this is pretty much what you're going to be looking at. And it very much so is a deeply redesigned version of the Steam library. Uh, now, the outside of the library UI, the stuff around the edges and whatnot in the heading is relatively the same and similar in many kind of ways. Uh, but notably, it looks very similar to the Discord store and the Discord launcher. That's what's interesting to me. However, with that being said, Cool to see that they are redesigning this. It looks pretty solid and I'm excited to try it out when it does launch later on this summer. Now tags are another new feature being added with the redesign. The tags you see added to games on the Steam store will carry over to your library page. So it provides you with an additional option to search games included in your library. It can also save a tag search as a collection of similar games, reports PC Gamer. An events tab will also be added to the Steam user library. Clicking on the tab will provide a quick look at streams, title updates, tournaments, or anything else you need to know regarding games in your library or those you follow. So basically it will allow you to see what's happening in the games you play and the communities that surround them. Each game's library page has also been reworked to prioritize updates and show current live streams for the game at the top. And of course you can check out the entire redesign over at SteamDB, but without a doubt, uh, big improvements and also very interesting to see the addition of an events Tab. I think that's one that is uh, something not many were expecting, but it's something that I think is a forward-thinking feature that many other people should include. Whenever you consider what people look for in a launcher today, it's changed drastically uh, from five to ten years ago because now streams and YouTube videos and any kind of content surrounding that game, including tournaments and esports events, uh, is a huge part of that community. It's a huge part of those that play the game. And so to have a CSGO, uh, you know, icon in your launcher is one thing, but to have a CSGO icon that launches the game alongside a giant tournament, alongside a very popular streamer playing the game, alongside uh, an event going on in the next couple of weeks that you can go to in real life, whatever it might be, to have all of that information streamlined and packed in in one tight, neat little spot is something that I think is pretty cool and something that I think Steam is definitely due for when it comes to an upgrade for their UI. Uh, but if you do want to check out the entire thing again it's up right now in a preview format but it should be launching later on this summer and hopefully by then we will also have the master chief collection because hey nice uh so anyways moving on to the next story of the day talking about gta 5 take two is suing over a grand theft auto cheating mod yet again 
Rockstar Games' Grand Theft Auto Online, which launched over five years ago, is not the studio's newest online game. It was upstaged by Red Dead Online last year. Pause. I read through this before the show. I want to make it very clear that to compare the success of Grand Theft Auto Online with Red Dead Online is like comparing a delicious pizza with a dead squirrel in the middle of the road. These are not synonymous. These are very different in every feasible way. Grand Theft Auto Online, incredibly successful. GTA Online, largely abandoned at this point, from what I gather. With that being said, let's continue. But GTA Online's publisher is still going after people who enable cheating, as well as other modding options in the game. Last week, Take-Two filed a copyright infringement lawsuit against the makers of a mod called Evolve, the latest in a years-long fight that's gotten mixed reactions from inside the GTA Online community. Evolve is a paid GTA Online mod menu or trainer that's been running since 2017. Like several similar mods, it lets players change basic elements of the game world while the mod is running. Evolve grants users godlike powers like cloning themselves, controlling the weather, and raining weapons from the sky. But as the lawsuit notes, mod menus also affect non-modded players' experience. They can be used to troll or grief these innocent bystanders by auto-killing them or turning the environment against them. Players who use mods also grant themselves infinite money, which lets them play in a way Rockstar did not intend. Quote, Evolve disrupts the user experience that was designed by Take-Two, it says, and its creators have attempted to conceal their infringement by creating, distributing, maintaining, and selling the infringing program pseudonymously. Pseudonymously? Anonymously, let's go with that. They use pseudonyms. It's a big, big word with a lot of S's and Y's. Uh, Evolve costs roughly 30 bucks, but the site only accepts Bitcoin vouchers. The Evolve team is pseudon pseudonymous. Again, sure. And emails sent to addresses mentioned in the lawsuit were not returned. A representative on Evolve's support line was unaware of the suit and offered a smile emoji by way of comment. So far, there is no change in the service status, although Evolve appears to have briefly shut down in December. Take-Two has been going after GTA mods for years now. In mid-2017, it successfully shut down three modding tools with cease and desist notices, convicting my bad, let's back up, not yet, convincing one of the teams to donate its proceeds to charity. As Kotaku noted at the time, some players cheered this decision since cheaters had used their extra powers to attack people without the mods, but Take-Two also ignited protest by banning the popular general purchase purpose modding system Open 4. Rockstar Games eventually convinced the publisher to rein its legal threats, and it agreed it generally will not take legal action against non-commercial mods for the game's single-player content. And so I think that's where I'll stop right here with this story because it makes my point and there is more that can be gone into. But with that being said, mods are great, and mods are a foundational part of the PC gaming experience. It's something that people expect when they go in to play a PC game. It's something that makes that specific subset of a community unique because PC gaming has always been about modding out a game and making it the most zany, crazy thing you can possibly make it. And that's a big part of GTA. And of course, that's what you see here. With that being said, uh, when a mod impacts the gameplay experience of anybody else, when a mod takes away from the financial setup of a company and the financial setup of a developer that's trying to make money through their game, that's whenever you have to draw the line and say, that's where this does not work anymore. If you have a single player experience that has been paid for in full and you have a mod that does not impact either of those two things, external people or the way that a developer publisher makes money, uh, that is 
is whenever it's acceptable. Whenever you have anything else, that's whenever it gets to be a little bit shady. So I do hope that this is taken action against. I don't think that mods in this kind of way, shape, or form should be accepted by the community because paying 30 bucks to some dude in his mom's basement is not exactly the best way to play your game. And of course, it ruined the experience for many other people. So with that being said, we will see what kind of action is actually taken. But take two is going against this pseudonymous company. Pseudo, pseudo, pseudonymous. Animonymony. Uh, anyways, moving on to some talk about GameStop, because the new CEO is expected to lead a major overhaul of the company. And of course, they are planning to shift towards creating cultural experiences for gamers. And we will certainly see what that means, won't we? Because who really knows? GameStop announced today that it's naming George Sherman as its new chief executive officer. The former head of Verizon retailer Victra has served as an executive at Advanced Auto Parts, Best Buy Services, Home Depot, and Target. He'll be charged with overseeing a changing business model for the brick-and-mortar game retailer that has been in financial trouble in recent years. In a statement, Sherman acknowledged GameStop will have to undergo some major changes to stay relevant in a market that has increasingly gone digital. I bring significant experience Experience working with other retailers that have undergone large, successful transformations, he said, suggesting he expects similar changes at GameStop. According to VentureBeat, sources familiar with the company say Sherman's hiring is part of the company's GameStop 2.0 plan that will shift the company from a retailer to a cultural experience. The company reportedly plans to focus on membership programs that encourage trade-ins and purchases of pre-owned games. GameStop may also explore turning stores into an environment in which gamers can come in, hang out, and try out games before buying them. GameStop has undergone quite a bit of turmoil in recent years. Digital marketplaces like Steam and the recently launched Epic Games Store have cut into the company's business, and GameStop shut down 150 of its retail stores in 2017, and rumors of a buyout started bubbling up last year, and we've been talking about that uh, throughout the beginning of 2019 as well. And so, uh, this is the beginning of a new era for GameStop, and I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again here. GameStop is a household name. Anybody that plays games in America generally understands that GameStop is, in many people's minds, the go-to brick-and-mortar store for playing and buying games. Uh, now, whenever you're thinking about small, you know, mom-and-pop shops, that's a different kind of scenario because many people don't have those in their towns, and they only have to rely on the GameStop in their mall to go and pick up their newest titles. Uh, but with that being said, where could GameStop actually go? It's interesting with the article here that it brings up the point that people could go in and try out games and kind of hang out in a GameStop before buying whatever they might want to get. And that's something that I think is incredibly appealing because there was a small branch of stores, and I'm not sure if it's local, I'm not sure if it's global, I'm not sure if it's even outside of my state, but it was called Play and Trade. Okay, so Play and Trade came about in roughly around 20 or 2008, maybe 2010, somewhere around there. And I remember going in and the first thing that I realized was that you could go in and ask whoever was running the shop, hey, I want to try this game. Can I play it on that console over there? And so they literally had kiosks like you would find in a Walmart or a Target. Uh, and essentially you were able to hang out and play the full game, give it a shot and then buy it if you did want it. It was something that was different. It was something that set play and trade apart from GameStop because it allowed me to get a taste of what I would be spending upwards 
upwards of 60 bucks of my hard-earned 12-year-old money on. Uh, so whenever you're thinking about that kind of experience coming to a GameStop, I think that is incredibly appealing. I think that is something that is, without a doubt, uh, one of the biggest points that GameStop could play on, and that's something that they could really throw themselves into, because a GameStop is still a fun place to hang out even today. Don't get me wrong, I'm not going out on a Friday night hanging out at my GameStop, but whenever I do happen to find myself there, I can strike up conversation. The people behind the counter are relatively knowledgeable. It's cool to be able to hang out there. Uh, so to have uh, tournaments, to have any kind of events, to have launch parties, which I think is a huge thing uh, that GameStop has been missing out on over the course of the past couple of years, that all is something that I think they should throw themselves into because it's either sink or swim at this point. You're either going to shut down entirely or you are going to thrive. And right now, this CEO and the company itself, uh, everybody surrounding this decision, they get to choose which it is. Uh, so we will see what happens with GameStop, of course, going to be evolving deeply over the course of the next few years. But hey... I'll keep you guys up to date on when they shut down, or if they don't, you can find me at a launch party. Anyways, speaking of launch parties, they should be throwing one for the devs of Devil May Cry 5 because sales have passed 2 million in two weeks. Devil May Cry 5 has sold more than 2 million units worldwide. Though Capcom has yet to officially make an announcement, Devil May Cry 5 director Hidetaki Itsuno revealed the milestone during a GDC panel. Iron Galaxy designer Isaac Torres was in attendance and shared a picture of the slide. That is pretty impressive. Again, it says, one quick thing, thanks players everywhere. We've sold 2 million copies of Devil May Cry 5. At launch, Devil May Cry 5 beat Resident Evil 2 Remake in concurrent player numbers on Steam, indicating a stronger start on PC. A figure may not appear massive compared to the biggest games today, or even Capcom's own Monster Hunter World, but it's already outpacing all other Devil May Cry 5 games, or Devil May Cry games, excuse me. By comparison, Devil May Cry 4, the best-selling entry so far, currently sits at a respectable 3 million in lifetime sales. This effectively means Devil May Cry 5 is the fastest-selling entry in the franchise, which is great news for for Capcom. And of course, DMC5 will be supported with free updates, the first of which adds the bloody balance in April. And so if you did want to check it out, Devil May Cry 5 looks gorgeous. Of course, it's not a game for everybody, but it is without a doubt one of the most impressive Devil May Cry games to date. Uh, it's worth giving a look. Of course, gameplay itself is just fun to watch if you want to check out some streams or some YouTube videos. Uh, but to see 2 million units in two weeks, almost the lifetime sales in a way of Devil May Cry 4, that is some impressive stuff right there, and I think it shows a growing gaming industry because, uh, of course, the branding and the marketing for Devil May Cry 5 was pretty impressive, but on top of that, more people are playing games and more people want to dive in and give stuff a shot. So we will see where it continues to go, but with free updates, hey, Devil May Cry looks like it's in a pretty good spot with Devil May Cry 5. So let's talk about a game with its fifth entry, technically, I mean, sort of, kind of, that is not doing so well, but is poised to do very well. Battlefield 5 Firestorm, a new mode launching in Battlefield 5 in just a couple of days, has a brand new trailer that showcases tanks, tractors, and the dangers of safe cracking. Now, we aren't going to be watching the video here today because what fun would that be to watch me watch a video? Uh, but essentially, if you do want to check it out, there's a pretty lengthy gameplay trailer uh, that shows off some of what you can expect from Battlefield 5's Firestorm. And of course, this was actually leaked a couple of weeks back, but it is fun to watch in its full glory. And also, there's tons, tons of, of gameplay content up on YouTube where people have gotten early access and they've been showing off full matches and stuff like that. 
But Electronic Arts has dropped a new gameplay trailer focusing on Battlefield 5's upcoming Firestorm Battle Royale mode. At its core, it looks like a fairly conventional BR brawl, but the addition of vehicles, breakable buildings, and objectives promise to help keep it out of the standard. The Firestorm map is impressive, 10 times the size of Hamada, Battlefield 5's biggest map, which means those vehicles will be handy for getting around in a hurry. But their real appeal lies in the people squishing ability. There is nothing quite like bringing a tiger to a gunfight after all. But just just as in real life where there are tanks, there's anti-tank technology, so you will want to be careful out there on the roads. And of course, you can check out the entirety of Battlefield Firestorm, Battlefield 5 Firestorm, whatever you want to call it, via much, much content over there on YouTube and whatnot. Uh, but I think going into Firestorm, because as somebody who loves Battlefield and as somebody who appreciates what Battlefield 5 actually is, Firestorm looks like a fantastic balance of a BR experience and what you can expect from Battlefield 5 because the game itself is good. It undersold drastically, but it's a good game. And so to take those foundational mechanics and incredible graphics and apply a battle royale kind of skeleton to it is something that I think is going to be widely adopted if it does impact gamers in the way that it needs to. Now, of course, right now, Apex Legends is still pretty much the hotness when it comes to Battle Royale games. Uh, that's what everybody's playing. That's what everybody is talking about. But with Battlefield, it's a little bit different because it's not quite as fast-paced. Of course, Battlefield is traditionally a bit slower than your Call of Duty or any kind of arcade shooter. And so when you take that more realistic approach and combine it with a Battle Royale, I think there is something unique here within Firestorm, something that's definitely worth checking out. Uh, so I will, without a doubt, be diving in and giving it a look whenever it does launch on the 25th if I do remember correctly, and you can check it out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC if you do want to dive in when the update does roll out. But let's talk about this streamer, shall we? A streamer has beat the entire Dark Souls series and Bloodborne without taking a hit, in addition to Demon Souls as well, I might add. So essentially, you have everything encompassing a Souls-style game. Very good. Can you imagine finishing a From Software game without getting hit? How about five games back to back? And to make the challenge even more despicable, if you mess up, you have to start over at the first game. Twitch streamer The Happy Hob has done the near impossible. He has cleared the God Run. This week, after countless heartbreaks and close calls, the streamer completed a stupefying no-hit gauntlet of Bloodborne, Dark Souls 2, Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and Dark Souls 3 in that order. And of course, there is the final stressful fight, which is 47 seconds long, against the Lord of Cinder, Lords of Cinder, uh, the, the final boss. I'm, I'm too big of a pussy to play Dark Souls, so I don't really know. Uh, but... I appreciate this, I respect it, and it is insane, and I love the fact that he hugs his dog at the end. It's beautiful. The full five game run took over 16 hours to conclude, and it is absolute madness. I'm struggling, the author says, to grasp the raw mechanical skill and sheer willpower needed to pull off something like this. Even as a viewer, my nerves are frayed. I can't fathom, they say, how the happy hob keeps his cool. His wild accomplishment did not go unnoticed. The Dark Souls Twitter account offered its congrats, of course, and while the God Run was surmounted in time for Sekiro, something tells me a break is long overdue. Uh, so congratulations to the Happy Hob for accomplishing something that has not been done before and in an incredibly reasonable time of 16 hours. I think that's pretty impressive overall. Uh, but without a doubt, something I could never do that's an incredibly difficult feat to achieve and something that I think should definitely be applauded. So there's your applause, Happy Hob. There is your applause. Uh, but, of course, I always let you guys know when you can get some good deals, some free games, and today we have a freebie coming to you from the Humble Store because Space Station Mystery Adventure Tacoma is free right now. 
at least while supplies last, the sci-fi mystery adventure Tacoma is really good stuff. It's from Fulbright, the developer of Gone Home, another fantastic game, and that pedigree shines through. While a lot of sci-fi from the 1970s era has a cold and holistic view of mankind's place in the universe, Tacoma has a heart, Andy K wrote in his 84 out of 100 view. As a game about piecing together a story, it is immensely rewarding. So if that sort of critical applause does not convince you to try it, maybe this will. It's free! right now on the Humble Store until March 24th or while supplies last. Just click that link, click where it tells you, and they will hook you up. Interestingly, while most Humble giveaways come as Steam keys, this one is DRM-free, meaning you will download, install, and run it as a standalone program, and you might even want to burn it to a DVD just like the good old days. Uh, so again, Tacoma, free to play right now if you do want to dive in and give it a shot. And again, why wouldn't you? Because, let's say it together, one, two, three, it's free! free so god you know give it a shot uh but with that being said i hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the weekend of course the show is hosted live five days a week monday through friday at 7 a.m eastern time on twitch.tv slash the samuel adams and it's always a good time but the show is then put up on youtube and podcast services around the world if you do want to check it out outside of the live viewing hours but until monday when a brand new episode picks up keep an eye out for content over the weekend there's always an episode of the drop on sundays and hey we could even pump out a Saturday video. Probably going to pump out a Saturday video. But with that being said, you guys have a fantastic rest of the day. I will talk to you soon, and peace.